Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today is Kim Sorensen. Good evening, Kim. Good evening. So we we had a game on Monday night, and you know Jimmy Ward's back. Did you know Jimmy Ward's back? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I got my pick six, man. The Niners won 31 to 10 against the Rams. I've been eating rack of ram all week. How about you? It has been. It was such a beautiful game to to watch, and yeah, <laughs> what a difference a week makes uh, from from the doom and gloom after the 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 Cardinals lost to 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 this uh, beauty of a game. It's been uh, yeah, and it was a beauty of a game. Heavy on the run. Elijah Mitchell had 27 carries for 91 yards. He had a long of 17. His average was 3.4 yards. Uh, Debo ran a bunch, 5 for 36, with an average of 7.2 yards and a long of 9. He also scored a touchdown. Um, you know, Garoppolo looked solid to me. Uh, you know, not not perfect, but pretty darn solid. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but but some um, I th- I think PFF have uh, graded him over the past three weeks. Uh, we, uh, Chicago, uh, Arizona, and and the Rams game. He has been the highest graded quarterback at, in, in the PFF grades of of all uh, over those three weeks, which is nice. Pretty amazing. Well, and I think his PFF grade overall for the year is still relatively high considering our record. But, um, I, you know, I really, I was really thrilled with this game. I've watched it on Game Pass. I don't know how many times this week. It's just, it. I have this nice big smile on my face when I go to bed. It's just wonderful. Uh, moving on to receiving, Debo caught five for 97, an average of 19.4 yards, a long of 40, and had one receiving touchdown. You know, I'm glad Kyle Juszczyk got a catch, but I'd love to see more of him in there. How about you? Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, there's only one ball to go around, and <laughs> with with Debo and, and Kittle uh, playing as well as they have done the the past few uh, Kittle the, the last two weeks, and uh, and Debo uh, overall, it it really doesn't leave much else for <laughs> by anybody else. Very true. <laughs> Although I still think he needs to get in on that running back by committee. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Now, Brandon Ayuk had three catches for 36 yards, an average of 12 yards, and a long of 21. And our boy George had five for 50, average of 10 yards, and 18 yard was his long, and he had a touchdown. And the amazing part is that this was the first time in Kittle's career that he has had two games in a row with a touchdown. Really? I missed that. Oh, that's interesting. Nice. For how high he is rated as a tight end, Mm -hmm. he hasn't had two two games in a row before for now, 
where when with the uh, with touchdowns and uh, <laughs> first down that? wise we had 20 the rams had 16 our third down efficiency was 8 of 14 for 57 percent the rams were three for 10 for 30 percent um okay kim i have to ask this because i just really feel like we own the rams am i right do we have their number we do <laughs> it's hard to dispute it we we really match up well uh, against them it's just it seems like the the when when uh, when Shanahan decides that he wants to run against the the Rams they they don't play uh, that that type of defense that really knows how to stop us yeah, they don't seem to be able to stop the run. And they and we kept running because they weren't stopping the run. And then all of a sudden, oh, here, we're going to throw a pass. And they, it was like we had them on their heels most of the game. Yeah. I love it. And, and, and one of the amazing things about how we, we match up against them, is it really is remarkable that Daniel Brunskill seems to have Aaron Donald's number he he just played. Uh, Brunskill is is a good backup slash starter, but he he really when when we play the Rams, it's just like Aaron Donald is just another player like everyone else. Mm-hmm. He never really seems to take over the games against us. I love it too. <laughs> we need to keep that. <laughs> So the Cardinals only sacked Garoppolo once. That was good. Uh, Fred Warner and Al Sherrier led the team with eight tackles in the game, five solo and three assisted. The Niners sacked Stafford two times. Bosa and Key both had a sack. And we forced two turnovers, and both of them were INTs. And my favorite is that absolute pick six right at the beginning of the game. Well, okay, not right at the beginning of the game, but early in the game. Um, I was screaming. I scared every single cat in this house. Uh, they no longer will come into my bedroom when football's on the TV. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That it, it, it just set the 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 tempo of the game with that uh, early interception and and that long, really long touchdown drive to to answer that that just. <sighs> Uh, you, you almost had the feel. We've we've had those good starts before in the season, but it, it just felt really good to 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 stop them on on their first series the way they uh, the, the way uh, w- with the interception and and to to take that what was it almost twelve minutes twelve minute mm-hmm. drive eighteen plays that just yeah set the tempo. Well, what of the game. was what was our time of possession? I usually like looking at that. Okay, so the Rams had the ball for almost 21 minutes, and we had the ball for 39 minutes and three seconds. That makes sense because we had like two really long drives. There was the one that was like the 12, 13 minute, but then there was another one that was a good seven, eight minute. I want to say it was in the third quarter. Maybe it was in the second quarter. But um, that's the kind of performance we need. We need them to just march down the field and kill that clock, keep the opposing offense on the sidelines, keep our defense on the sidelines, and just control that field. Yes, yes. 
Uh, let's see. What other fun facts did Mark dig up for us? So for the 49ers, um, Debo Samuel this season, 979 receiving yards, the second most by any player through nine games in 49er history. That's just behind Jerry Rice in 1990 when he had 1,006 yards after nine games. Um, Debo's got 517 yards after the catch, the most by any player through nine games since 2012. Uh, let's see. Jimmy's 2.3 second average time from snap to release was the second fastest of his career. And, you know, I think my husband may have noticed because he didn't drive me nuts with his counting down last week. But, you know, love you, honey. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it just all around that game was just so solid and so fun. Yeah, we still had stupid penalties. And yeah, there's some inconsistencies with with our gameplay still, but I feel like they recovered from those mistakes instead of letting those mistakes bring them back down, like in a lot of their losses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the the number of uh, of penalties went up at the end of the game. Uh, there there was some. We we played uh, pretty consistently over the first three quarters, and then the, the, in the in the final quarter, it just I don't know if you should say they 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 lacked focus. But. Maybe it was a little more like they they felt like it was a done deal and didn't have to put the effort out. Is that kind of what you're driving towards? No, it, more more like. They had kept up the the pace at, at, at such a high level, and they, it was just like they they I, I, I don't think <laughs> kind of lost a bit of stamina. Uh, ran out of gas. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I could see that, but that's but, I mean to me that's where the Niners have to be really careful is that last quarter because they've shown that they can give up the game in that last quarter. Too yeah. many times. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gracious. It was just such a great game. And I just, uh, we had a player in motion at the snap 38 times, the most in a game over the last five seasons. And we ran the ball 33 times on those plays. That's interesting. Uh, I just, I'm sorry. I am looking at these stats are just blowing my mind. Have you been looking at them? <laughs> Some of, some of them, yes. <laughs> Excluding kneel downs, the 49ers rushed by design on 68% of their plays, their highest in a game over the last 20 seasons. And, and you know, we've always kind of done the last few years, the running back by committee, but we really just stuck with the run. Yes. And we've been complaining this whole year how they got away from the run too fast. Do you think he's listening? Uh, well, I, 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 I don't know. I, again, I, I think it's a bit with, uh, as I said before, that with the Rams, they don't really have the personnel to to stop it. Uh, I, I think the there's been a couple of games where we have abandoned the the, the run uh, during the game, but when you look at the tape afterwards. You, you can see that the, the the opposing defenses are adjusting and mm -hmm. and really 
just stacking the box. And then really it's up to Garoppolo to 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 punish it by with in in the passing game in, mm-hmm. instead. So so I, I I think sometimes it's a bit too easy just to say that uh, we should always run 20 times because when <laughs> when they just stack the box you, you just run into a wall mm-hmm. that that doesn't help anybody either. But um, but the, the the Rams they just don't don't have the personnel to to stop some someone like. <laughs> Like Mitchell, who's who runs really, really heavy. Well, and is it that they don't have the personnel, or McVay just doesn't have an answer to Shanahan's game plan? Yeah, pro- probably a bit of both. <laughs> but it, it's just it just seems seems to me that the the way the Rams uh, team is con- uh, constructed. You have them paying all those, uh, all that money to to Donald and and to Ramsey, and uh, it's it, they are they are only two guys, and the rest of the line is well pretty mediocre. I, I know they got one one Miller now, but we saw how how Kittle could manhandle him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, 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 and that that's just where where Shanahan's uh, blocking designs just just shows their their value. Um, we we yeah, to me sadly it's it's just a question of of how well we we match up against the Rams and well we we, we match up very well against a lot of teams but uh, but but when defenses adjust. Uh, the, the the Rams just don't have the uh, the answers in in the adjustments, uh, whereas uh, the Cardinals and and other teams may have uh, the the opportunity to make it a, a bit more difficult for us. And that's always been one of the things I've complained about is the lack of adjustments in game for our side, you know, and and I've complained about D'Amico Ryans this season on this podcast. I've complained about Shanahan on this podcast this season. And, you know, it's, it's still a thing because we're moving into the latter part of the season where we're going to be seeing other teams. And I, I'll tell you, honestly, I know the Jaguars are not a good team, but they scare me because I really feel like it's very easy to overlook them and to have them pass us um, in the game. Um, But I, I, I just, I want to see that, that consistency. I want to see what we saw this game next game. Yeah. I, I, I have the same feeling. I, I, I believe. I hope and believe that that we'll win the game. But you can't really shake that uh, that feeling of of it being. Yeah, I don't want to say trap game because <laughs> we we re- we really haven't shown anything that uh, that should say to us that we can can look past a, right an opponent, but. But you have the we we have, we are, we are, we we are on Monday night football and we have an early game on Sunday and we have to travel to the East Coast and not a lot of teams do really well under those uh, circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it it would be easy to 
kind of easy to, to look past the, the Jaguars as an easy opponent. And we have that really, really vital game against uh, the Vikings the week after. Oh, I'm not looking for that right now. <laughs> no, no. One game at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we, we just need to take them, them one game, game uh, at a time. And uh, yeah, we, yeah. we, I, I, the way the players spoke about the game after the game, it seems like they, they know that th- this is uh, the time to, to build upon the, the, the Rams uh, win and uh, just take one game at a time. So uh, yeah. I, th- I think they'll, they'll stay focused. I hope so. I'm still waiting to see that leader jump up and stand up on both sides of the ball. Um, now, we do know that Elijah Mitchell broke his finger um, on uh, on his, I believe, his, one of his, his right hand. Was it his right hand? Broke his finger. He's had surgery. He was on yeah. the sidelines in a no-contact jersey yesterday. I'm sure he's in a no-contact jersey today. So his status really is unclear for Sunday. Um, is it time? Is it time for Trey Sermon to be thrown into the mix? Well, I know John Lynch said that uh, Mitchell would be a game-time decision mm-hmm. uh, with the pin he has, uh, he has, has put in his finger. Well, if uh, if Mitchell is out, certainly uh, Sermon will be be backing up uh, Wilson. I, I can't see it any anywhere else. Uh, Hasty, I believe Hasty is uh, still out as well, so so that would really really leave us kind of uh, shorthanded at at running back if if Mitchell is out. We'll see more rushes by Debo and and the uh, wide receiver yeah, core. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to questions from the group on Facebook. Martin Hughes, where was this team last week? Also, do we get to keep the Rams now that we've beaten them five in a row? Yeah, you can hope so. (laughs) I don't know where this team has been, Martin, and I'm telling you, I'm really tired of them hiding from us. (laughs) There there was uh, some kind of... uh, I know I heard that there was a players-only meeting with Armstead, Warner, and mm-hmm. Ward talking to the rest of the defense with no coaches allowed. And it really seemed to catch on with the group. And you can only hope that that has ignited something in all of them. I hope so. I hope so. Um, well, it would be good to see all three of them step up as leaders and, and you know, motivate that squad and, and get them, you know, all gas, no brakes, baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it has been brought uh, into question a lot during the, the first, part, first half of the season that, uh, especially when, when we played uh, the Colts uh, with, with Buckner being mentioned as, as one of the the leaders and the dogs on the team, mm-hmm. and and the, the the mediocre results we we had, but I, I think that the team that we have is has those leaders, but uh, that has just, that just just seems to to lack some some sort of urgency, and mm-hmm. and, and we had. 
there's been so many stupid mental mistakes uh, during a lot of game the games uh, that that re- that the the mental mistakes and the turnovers really just seems to that's the uh, probably the worst the worst part of it mm-hmm. paul marsh wants to know if this does become a turning point in our season and we manage to sneak into the playoffs are we all good then or should changes still be made in the front office and or co- coaching staff in the off season oh well i <clears throat> i i have a at our at our site in uh, in Denmark, I have I really pointed my finger at uh, at the the secondary coach uh, mm-hmm. when we had all those defensive pass interference um, when b- before Saleh left uh, our secondary coach we had a secondary coach and I can't really recall his name now that. Two years in a row that we, we have changed uh, the secondary coach, and, and this year uh, the guy we have uh, have uh, as coaching the, the secondary he coached uh, the the Detroit Lions secondary last year. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I, I can't remember his name offhand, but <laughs> he, he re- the, the way the way our secondary played during the the first half, most of the first half of the season, I just thought that he is in way over his head, and oh. the, the the Lions defense last year was was thirty uh, second for a reason. So, so that was uh, somewhere where I really wanted to to upgrade. Uh, but I have defended uh, Demico Ryan's, and I I probably will until the end of the season. People seem to people seem to forget that that Saleh. I know that the team is better than they were when uh, when Shanahan and and Saleh took over in in seventeen, but. People seem to forget that how bad the defense was in in mm-hmm. their first year because Saleh needed the experience as well and and Dimiko Ryan's is I believe he is uh, 34 or something he he really doesn't have a lot of coaching experience mm-hmm. so, so he just needs the time under under his belt because I remember we were ripping Salah for a good two seasons saw yeah. in this podcast and then 2019 everything turned around and you know we love him he's you know he's he's yeah, the end all exactly. be all and i do love him i think his energy and i miss him on our sidelines i think he's a great defensive coordinator i wish things were going better for him in, in, with the jets but it's the jets what do you expect <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh james little now we're talking about Demico ryan was it the players or his play calls? Now, you had pointed out that the, the players had a meeting. Do you think it was a combination of the play calling and the meeting that made the difference? That, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when I, I look back on the, the Cardinals game, for example, I think most of the, the 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 defensive play calling was was really really I, I don't think the play calling was a problem. There was just really sorry shitty tackles. <laughs> and, 
and whatever yes. and whatever Dimiko would have been calling of plays uh, on the sideline when, when the when the players don't execute the, and and tackle the the opponent, you you just get poor results. No, nothing can change that. So, <laughs> That's uh, true. <laughs> I, I I don't. I, it was a. It was a really bad game to to watch but I, mm. I don't don't blame it on 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 Dimiko as uh, as as such I, I just think that they yeah I, I don't know what happened in that game uh, they they just played well below par and as they have yeah pretty much said everyone has said it was just embarrassing to watch mm-hmm. I can't watch I you know I usually re-watch the games multiple times in a week but yeah, this year the losses I don't even bother with anymore <laughs> I just don't need the depression um <laughs> now I'm adding this question in just because Mark I so agree with you Mark Lyon asks why are ESPN commentary teams so crap <laughs> again pardon the language um Mark as an American as a yank who has to put up with these yabos? Uh, I can tell you that the teams on Fox, the teams on CBS, the teams on NBC, the teams on ESPN, the teams on the they all suck. <laughs> They're all terrible. <laughs> I just, I can't, there isn't a one that I can handle listening to. If I could listen to KNBR and listen to Greg Papa and Tim Ryan call the game while the game's on my TV, I would be happy. But the delay between the cable and the radio is so bad that it just spoils the game for me. So I don't. But yes, they're all terrible. All of them. Every last one. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I could call it any better, but you know. Well, Kim, as we mentioned earlier, um, we're going to Jacksonville this week, uh, playing the the, the 10 a.m. game on the West Coast. We lead the series versus the Jaguars three to two, and we have won the last three meetings after two losses. Our last meeting was a 44-33 win in week 16 of the year of 2017 season in Santa Clara. And that was the game that saw Dante Johnson with a pick six, which is always my favorite, and a first career rushing touchdown for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, last week, the Jaguars lost to the Colts, and they lost 23-17, giving them a record of 2-7, and seven, but they're still in third in, a- in the AFC South. Um offensively the Jaguars are 31st in points per game 16.6 and 23rd in total yardage with 322 yards per game Uh, the Niners sit 16th with 24 points per game and 13th in total yardage with 362.2 yards per game you know we open as six and a half point favorites this could actually be a closer game than that yeah I, yeah, I, 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 again, with the circumstances of, of going east on a short mm-hmm. week, and, and uh, the, the Jaguars have, have played better since, uh, since they, since they, they won their, their game in, in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 they won in London, they beat the Bills. They, they were close on to close to beating the 
the the Colts last week. Uh, I, I know they 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 lost on a. Yeah, what was it? Lawrence Five was uh, was intercepted in the final minute of the game when they were driving down for uh, for a winning touchdown. But um, to to me, I I really just want if they, if they can, if the four niners uh, can can keep the the same kind of uh, energy and and avoid the the turnovers. We we should win this game handily, but uh, the the way the yeah the, the way we have played through the season, where it's been up one week and down the the next. Uh, for this week, I'll I'll just just take a take a win, and, and go and go home and prepare for the like. <laughs> well, maybe all the players need to get together and have a meeting. <laughs> yeah. Anything. I will take anything to get another win. I mean, if we can get to 500, our playoff chances are there. This is a 17-game season now. So, you know, we're not even – we're just at the halfway marker. We could easily make it in. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've People have been uh, – yeah – I don't they they haven't called me stupid on our on our side, but I've I've maintained uh, the the stance that we would uh, we were a playoff caliber team. We we haven't played as such, but the the, the Rams game uh, just showed how how good we can be uh, when uh, when things go our way and we don't shoot ourselves in the foot uh, mm-hmm. through through. Through the game, <laughs> uh, so I, I the the way the the schedule uh, is looking uh, over the next couple of games, we re- we really have it in in our own hands. And uh, if we win against the, the Jaguars, it's the Vikings and the what is it, Vikings. Seahawks, Falcons, or something like that, and mm-hmm. the Vikings look look uh, well dangerous, but not not certainly not unbeatable. And uh, mm-hmm. the Seahawks just look like shit against the Patriots. <laughs> right. And, uh, the Falcons looked even worse against the Patriots uh, last night. So well, but the. The Falcons are the team a couple years ago that we thought for sure we would roll, and they rolled us. Yeah. So again, we got to play the game, and I'm in before we head to to Atlanta, or before Atlanta heads to us, though we do go uh, play the Cincinnati Bengals. So there will be a reprieve in there. (laughs) Yeah. Now the Niners have lost both trips to Jacksonville, which that surprises me, but. I mean, this year's Niners, we tend to win on the road, right? So that, that's that, that's going to help. Yeah. <laughs> we seem to travel well. Yeah, there you go. We travel well. Yeah. So I think we're both predicting a win this week. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else we want to cover? Uh, no, that was, that was just, uh, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but this was... The what was it? The first time in 
nine years that uh, C.J. Beathard and uh, George Kittle would be on opposing sidelines. Yeah, and they're going to trade jerseys after the game, so I'm going to be watching for that. And it's uh, 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 um, Carlos Hyde, uh, I think, is in uh, in Jacksonville as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a uh, uh, yeah mini seeing, reunion. Yeah, seeing seeing uh, former former teammates. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Daryl Nils Hanman, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Kev Nyland, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Stephen Box, and Graham Ross for all that they do in the group and on the show. Apologies to anyone I may have missed. Thank you to all in the group who continually contribute, whether it's in the game day thread or the sharing of other content. We'd love to have you on the show. Just let us know. You can message any of the admins in the group or email us. Or you can check out the calendar under announcements in the Facebook group and sign up for a date. I'll contact you via Messenger and we'll make further arrangements. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire Great Britain. Don't forget to check out the blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. Well, that's all the show we have for this week. It's time to say goodbye, Kim. Goodbye. <laughs> on behalf of Kim Sorensen, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Goodbye for now.